Welcome back, Clocks on the Stove, episode three with me, Grayson Fisher, co-host. Big me, Trollin Forrester. Today we got our first guest celebrity, starting FAU quarterback Nicholas Trani. Trani was a three-star quarterback from Ponte Verde in Jacksonville, won the 2017 Mr. Florida Football Award, had some pretty unbelievable high school stats, 7,000-plus passing yards, 68 passing touchdowns, 1,000-plus rushing yards, 29 rushing touchdowns. Got him noticed around the whole country with offers from Florida Atlantic, Indiana, Arizona, Coastal Carolina, App State. Went uh, Originally signed to go play football in Indiana. Wasn't really the vibes he was feeling. Ended up transferring to Florida Atlantic, where now he leads us in our uh, amazing football team. Charlie, how are we doing today? Doing good. Appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Appreciate you for coming, man. Happy Mother's Day to both your mothers as well, guys. Yeah, happy yeah, Mother's too. Day to all the mothers. So, did you spend like a redshirt season at Indiana, or you just you came straight to FAU, or you were at Indiana? Yeah, yeah I was at I was at IU uh, for one year, and then um, just kind of realized it really wasn't for me. It was cold. I needed to get back home to Florida, and uh, yes, yeah, so I redshirted my freshman year there, and then transferred here. I actually had to walk on here when I came, uh, which kind of oh, sucked, wow. but. Ended up uh, getting a scholarship after a year, and then uh, it's probably the best decision I ever made coming here. Hell yeah! Was it like a uh, like a preferred walk on though? Like they were like, "Yo, we, we want you to come over here, check it out," or were you just like, "I want to go to FAU. I know I'm better than these guys. I'm gonna go there and earn a scholarship." Yeah, I was like, I hit up uh, one of the coaches that had recruited me when I was in high school here, and he had said like, "Hey, we don't have a scholarship here, but if you come walk on." you know like it won't be long before you get a scholarship which sucked but at the same time it was like you kind of just gotta earn your way and whatnot and I was pretty confident I could get a scholarship so and you did <laughs> I did yeah that's I mean that that takes some guts I mean you just were, did you have a lot of guys ahead of you in the depth chart or you just weren't feeling IU or what uh, I was, I mean, I, I was, uh, let's see, I was a third string at IU for the first like four or five games. And then our starter got hurt. So I was a backup for um, the rest of the year. So I traveled to oh. every game. Um, I mean, I took, I took reps with the ones uh, in practices and whatnot. And then the starter was uh, a redshirt senior. So the next year after that, it was going to be me and two Yeah. I mean, you guys, I, I liked watching FAU last year. It was, uh, you, you pretty much split reps the whole year. Uh, you started, did you start most of the games? Yeah. Or? So let's see. I started the first, uh, what was it? Four games. We went three and one and then I got benched. Uh, I guess it was week five. I got benched and then other kid came in, played well. Yeah. And then, Started the next two, struggled a little bit, and then I started the last two. Um, and then we just – we started out hot, had a good year, and then kind of just weren't able to get it really going in the last three, four games of the year, which was disappointing. But it was tough with a new coach, no spring football that year, um, new offense, all that. So, um, yeah, just I was a, a weird to, year. I was talking to, like, a bunch of, like, kids, you know, people that don't know we're like we're also really good friends with Charlie like you know um the, we talk a bunch like 
with other friends, like, dude, it really, you really had adversity thrown at you like crazy, man. You come to a new school, you get two new coaches, you, and you get a COVID year. Like, you've had every obstacle thrown at you, like, possible. What What is some things that, like, was able to make you, like, settle down, keep your feet in, and keep your focus there, and still be able to end up the starting quarterback with all this adversity thrown at you and all these obstacles? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd say adversity probably explains, like, my entire college career. Um, like, when I got here, there was – Let's see. We had DeAndre Johnson, who was a Florida State yeah, transfer. Stud. We had Chris Robinson, who Oklahoma transfer. We had a kid named uh, Rafe Peavy, who was an Arkansas transfer. And then we had uh, see those three. So when I came in, I went from being a second string in the Big Ten to basically a fourth string in Conference USA, which was tough. And it's just crazy because, like, in college football, you never know, like, what could happen. You never know. Like, I remember my parents were always like, Nick, like – like go go somewhere that that wants you go somewhere where there's a smaller quarterback room go somewhere that will give you a chance right away and I was just like I'm gonna like let it ride here like if I'm good enough like I'll I'll make it happen and sure enough DeAndre Johnson transfers Chris Robinson gets dismissed from the team and then uh the last kid graduates and just like that you go from that to being a starter and yeah, adversity, crazy. I mean, getting benched week five is terrible. Nobody ever wants to get benched. And I could have said, you know, like, fuck it. I'm not going to do anything else anymore. I'm just going to go out to practice, kind of half-ass it and, and do nothing. But I went out every day and just tried to get better at my craft. And then I ended up starting the last two games of the year. And one of those games happened to be the best game I've probably had in my career so far. So That's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my best friends actually plays out. D2 basketball at University of Tampa here in Tampa. And yeah. he said the exact same thing as you. Like when he first got here, he was a walk-on and he was like the third string in basketball, which is like even huge ordeal because they only have like what, 15, 16 guys. Right. And he was like, I'm never going to see the core. I'm never going to play. And he had a senior come up to him like first week, like, dude, you got to be sharp every single practice because you never know what's going to happen in college. And then two weeks later, half the roster got injured and he ended up starting a game which he never exactly. thought was even going to be possible. So like, it's something I feel like I hear a lot from, from college athletes. It's like stay 10 toes down at all times, you know? Uh, For sure. Going, going back to this year, what, what would you say is like some of the biggest differences between the regular season and how it was with the COVID year? Uh, shoot. I mean, obviously we didn't play – normally we play 12 games in a bowl game if we make one in the regular season. So obviously we didn't – we didn't play nine games this year. Um what else was different? Uh, just like getting in the operation of everything was just different. Like getting in in the morning, you got to get tested, you got to get your temperature checked. And then, you know, you got to like the bowl game this year. Normally when you go to a bowl game, it's like you get to do all these activities, you know, like go out, see wherever you're, wherever, wherever bowl game you're at, you go out and you do like volunteer work maybe, or you, have like little little get-togethers on the beach or something like that, depending on where you are. And kind of this year it was like, and you stay there for normally you stay there for a week. This year it was like you show up, you're there to play the game, and that's pretty much it. Like so, you we went two days early, but we didn't really do anything that we normally would. That was kind of disappointing. But that, and then just like little things like your normal routine in the morning, like getting food, like you gotta eat it by yourself in your room you can't eat it with all your teammates out in like the uh big area which was tough because you know you like to kind of chop it up with your teammates and whatnot before games and the night before games but that was probably the biggest biggest difference 
how about how about playing with no fans? Because I know in high school, like you know, you got your your girlfriend you're messing around with in the future. <laughs> you got you got mom and dad. You know, you're like, I don't want to mess up this uh, this kickoff return. Don't fumble. But I mean, I feel like it's different when you're playing in front of a big stage. You know, it's just a sea of people. So was it weird yeah. playing? With- uh, I mean, honestly, for for games at home, like. Uh, we don't get a ton anyways, which sucks, but like, you can definitely tell. I mean, we, I think, I think in 2019, we averaged like, what was it like 20,000 or something at every game. And this year we we're only allowed 6,000. So you could definitely tell a little bit, but at the same time, when you're out there on the field playing, like the last thing you're thinking about is the crowd. I will say when we played Marshall this year, like that place got loud and there was only like, I think there was like, I don't know how many of their stadium fits. I know they're at limited capacity, but it looked full. And, like, you're not really thinking about fans until you're, like, backed up on third down in your own end zone and they're freaking rocking. But that, that was the only time when I really kind of thought about fans. Other than that, I mean, it was just kind of like you're out there playing. You get energy from your teammates and the guys on the sideline. Yeah, for sure. And, like, dude, I, I don't think that those West Virginia boys believe in COVID. I don't think – No, definitely, yeah. definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> that place was rocking. Yeah. But um, I remember – I remember when I was at the Delt House and Logan Peterson was living there, he told me a story about how his first ever play on kickoff return was against Oklahoma. And he said he was shitting his pants when he walked out there. He's like, he's like, man, you know how it feels to go out there and see a red and now one person's fucking rooting for you. <laughs> he's like, it sucks. That's so Peterson, man. Peterson is something else, bro. Now, was that something that attracted you to FAU? Because, like, I feel like, you know, when I – when I obviously, I'm not an athlete, so this wasn't a factor to me. But as a huge college football fan, you know, someone that's, that loves it and appreciates it, going to FAU, although it was a smaller school, I love that we play big schools every single year. You know, we and is that – I'm assuming that's something that attracted you to our school as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if you get a chance to play somebody big, I mean, that's all you can ask for, a chance to compete against the best out there. And normally, yeah, every year we're, we're pretty much doing that. Last year we didn't get to because of COVID. We had it canceled. But that and then um, just, like, I, I love South Florida. Like, I don't, I don't think I ever want to leave. I didn't think I'd like it this much, but, like, I don't know who. It's crazy to me how, like, I know a bunch of people from my high school and just around that come to FAU for a year and they're like, just leave. Like, I didn't like Boca. Like, I don't know how you can't like Boca in South Florida. Like, it's no, literally it's same mind blowing. Yeah. I have a bunch of friends from Tampa that do the same thing. I'm like, do you just sit in your room all day? Like, it's you have the you have there's unlimited things you want to do. Literally, literally like you can do anything. It's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. I remember I'm from, um, uh, from Connecticut, so it's always freezing. And it sucks. I'm here right now. I'm missing Boca. I don't know how you could. <laughs> I don't know how you could hate Boca. It, it's That's definitely an attractive. You know what do you think that um, FAU can do to get more fans in the stadium? I mean, wow, because well, it's like tough it's... because the the town doesn't revolve around the school like yeah. Well, to interrupt you guys, or... uh, last year when before COVID happened and we just brought Taggart in. He came to like the the Greek life, like uh, he came to our tailgates the week before, which got everyone hyped up. That got more people in the game for sure. And then yeah. I would say the week after that, he came to like the Greek life meeting, and someone proposed like, if you get a student section, we will come. And he was like, we're gonna work on it. And I think that's the biggest thing because like 
when you go to like Florida State and stuff, all my friends that go to Florida State or they go to like bigger schools, they're all together. When we go, it's like so separated and segregated. Like I feel like if we got a, a complete student section, it would bring in the hype way more. Because like I go to the games, dude. There's nothing more hype than when we're tailgating and then you, we watch you guys walk out. Like I don't know how that is for you guys, but for us, we love it. Yeah, no, that's, that's really that's cool. awesome. Yeah, the walk, the walk is definitely sweet. Um, if you could get, if we could get those, all those people that are at the tailgate to go to the game, I mean, that would be huge for us. Like, at the stadium. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that sucks is like even, I mean, they talk about it at places like U, USC and UCLA is like in in LA and like in Boca, South Florida. Like, there's just so much to do, and I feel like people like the older crowd that kind of lives in Boca, like the last thing they want to do is go watch a football game in like 95 degree weather. But um, I mean, and people say like, if you guys win games, like people will show up, but like we won two conference championships and we still didn't have a ton of people show up. So I don't, I don't know, honestly, I don't know how to get people. I mean, I mean, well, it's the college town atmosphere. Like when you're at Indiana, like no disrespect to the school or the state or anything like that, but there's not anything to do out there, but football. Exactly. You look at schools in the big 10, like they have, they have their swimming team has sold out arenas. Wrestling has sold out arenas. Like sports. No one cares about because they, that, that all the people in that town, everything revolves around that school. Versus like For what sure. you said, we can go to Fort Lauderdale, we can go to West Palm Beach, we can go to Miami. There's a million yeah. people voting. Like people, it's not like the football game of the weekend is the prime thing, you know? And yeah. yeah, that's I mean, that does suck a little. Yeah, but do you think do you think if FAU played in like the ACC, I think people would sh- way more people. Oh would yeah, show. yeah, I no, hundred percent. I mean, I think and, conference and definitely has something to thing, do with it. In 2017, when it was Lane Kiffin's first year and Devin Singletary was running all over the place. I don't think you were here yet, Grayson, but we used to have the student section in the end zone, and legit, we'd have all the fraternity kids would show up, and they, like, broke up the student section. And our student section used to be full to the back from the end zone, filled that whole section. So I don't know what they did, but they basically, like, stopped us from going over there. And it used to be rowdy, and it was when the more games we'd win, the more people – came and i think right. we were undefeated at home that year so that was yeah that was actually good to go to the games in 2017 but they they screwed something up i don't know what they did. yeah they moved they moved the student section to uh the other side it was like yeah uh, you're right yeah, like but they moved it behind the visitors which was stupid so yeah so definitely put that back in the end zone but another yeah, thing that's something we gotta figure out is they don't serve alcohol in the stadium yeah, they do. Oh, they do. They do. They do. That's the I, best part. I, I could have sworn they didn't. That's the best part. Every SEC uh, stadium, they don't serve alcohol. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, that's what I was thinking about then. But at FAU, they do, and that still doesn't get people in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, if everyone from the tailgates, every single person went into the game, dude, Sold we'd have 20,000 every yeah. game. Yeah. 30,000, 40,000. Now, yeah. Charlie, what's something, uh, back to the, the actual football aspect, what are some things that, that's getting you a little excited for this year? Because this is, um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you can play this season because of COVID and another season, correct? Yes, correct. So what um, are some things that are exciting you about this season that maybe weren't that exciting about other things? You're like, things you're looking forward to this year. You know, you start off the season at UF, which is a huge opportunity, not yeah. only for the team, but for you as well. Like, what are some other things that are, getting you excited and that that you think like wow this is gonna be a good year yeah i mean obviously uh opening up at uf like growing up in jacksonville you always watch the gators every year so getting a chance to play in the swamp is gonna be 
unreal. We're just like a, almost like a dream come true. Just so much history and and stuff like that there. So that game, obviously, and then um, just a, a chance to kind of we had a spring this year, uh, which was much needed for our team, and a chance with a new offensive coordinator to kind of hopefully improve on a lot of the things we weren't able to do well last year. So pretty much, I mean, just the entire season as a whole, I mean, just hopefully we can, we can really get it rolling here in Boca and, and, and coach Tyre can get us going. Exciting. Really exciting. Yeah. I mean, if you guys go into the swamp and win, that would be sick. Oh, that, that would be, be like, unreal. Dude, that would yeah. change the whole season, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, God. Mm-hmm. Dude, honestly, it's possible too because they just lost a lot of people. Like, if there's yeah, a time they did. to do it, if there's a time to beat UF in your college career, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to do it. Definitely, and we got a bunch of good, a bunch of good guys that were on. You know, the 2017 team, the 2019 team, they're still around. Which you know, we know how to win games, um, just culture wise. And yeah, if there's a year to do it, this will be it. And it's great that it's the first game of the year because. Mm-hmm. Both teams are going to be rusty, and um, hopefully, you know, we can we can come out hot and just stomp them. Stomp I, don't them know guys, I don't know if you remember, but I, I, I don't know the exact date, but I'm going to say it's between 2013 and 2016. FAU lost like 10 to 7 at UF before. Yeah, it went, they went yeah. to overtime. Yeah. Yeah. And then that same year, Georgia Southern beat UF. So, like, it is definitely possible. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it could definitely happen. I'm going to say it's a better matchup than when FAU had to go into Oklahoma and play Kyler Murray. I remember we all (laughs) thought we had a chance. We really did after coming off that um, undefeated regular – or almost undefeated Conference USA. And no one – I mean, Kyler Murray was hyped up, but not like that. And then we see this little dude running circles around everyone. We're like, holy crap. And then going into Ohio State and playing Justin Fields. So, um, we played that one game against Wisconsin, and it was like – it was a game the whole game. So, yeah. yeah, We played – we played – I thought we played well against Ohio State. Uh, First quarter we didn't. Yeah. After the first quarter, we settled in, and we actually – we played pretty well against them. Oklahoma was – I mean, Kyler Murray was the most – he's probably the most unbelievable player I've ever seen live. Like, he was – Unreal, and yeah, it is funny because people did think we actually had a chance. It was <laughs> oh just yeah, like I, we were down like twenty-eight zero after the first like five minutes of the game, like just like that. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is so embarrassing." We were all like, "Yo, who is this dude? Number one, running dude, circles around." He was literally, number literally running circles. Like it was unreal. Well, dude, I remember uh, when you guys played Ohio State. You guys scored the most regular season points on them that whole year. You guys scored like twenty eight points on them. Uh, I think we scored twenty four. There was I don't up, remember. There was up to a point. I remember watching on Fox Sports. I don't know if it was the whole season or half the season. Yeah, actually, amount, I think I remember that. There's a good amount of the season where they were like Florida Atlantic exposed the second half of Ohio State because they yeah. pulled their starters out. Y'all started running the scoreboard up, and then they put their starters back in in the second half. Yeah, no, it yeah. was. Uh, we we definitely played well. We covered the spread too, which was huge. That's, yeah, that's oh, yeah. big. We like to see that. We like to see that. Yeah, I definitely bet the spread on that and won. Have to, have to. <laughs> now, out of all your, did you do a recruiting visit at Florida Atlantic, or you just no? Uh, I did a, I did like an unofficial, or I just came and visited. I didn't like do a normal tour, official, official. Yeah, like a normal tour. I didn't do an official one where they pay for it and all that. Yeah, yeah, dude. I feel like there's just so many, like especially in your position where you know you tried the big school vibe. 
and it just it didn't work out. Obviously, you were good enough. That's not the issue. You know, there's so many other factors to it that played. But I feel like when you when you go to a smaller school, if you're not going to go to a powerhouse FCS, you're looking for like a, a group of five. I feel like it's so so nice coming to FAU, man. We got the gear, we got the females. You know, we got the beach, like females. everything. We and we produce NFL players. You know, we do produce, yeah. and I feel like that's definitely a factor that attributed to you coming here as well. If I'm not mistaken. And- and the new facility, how's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new facility is awesome. I mean, they. I remember when I got recruited my junior year from FAU, and I took my tour. They were telling me like, "Yeah, this facility is going to be done like by your senior year of high school." And like, oh, they we were still, yeah, like they just they've been were, saying that to every recruit since twenty. I know. Oh, they, they've been <laughs> selling it like crazy. But yeah, finally it got done, and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, the weight room's amazing. Um, Everything else, the locker room, locker room we had in 20, when that comes, that came in 2018. So, um, but yeah, the facilities are, are awesome. That's definitely a seller for, for recruits. And then, yeah, like you said, like anybody who's looking to go group of five, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't, unless you're going to like UCF or one of those other big schools kind of in the AAC that are pretty good. I think FAU is a, a great spot. I don't know how you could pick anywhere else than, than FAU. I, I mean, agree, and I feel like the Conference USA gets so much smack, but there were some good teams this year. Like, Marshall popped off this year. Yeah, Marshall <clears throat> Marshall was really good. They, they had a really good defense. Definitely, I'll tell you what, Marshall can stick, man. Those boys on defense know how to play ball. They can – they hit harder. They probably hit harder than Memphis did, which was yeah. crazy. But, yeah, Marshall was really good. Um, who else was pretty good in Conference USA this year? I'm trying to even... – UTSA had a good year. Yeah, they did. Um, You're right. We beat them pretty good, but they, they ended up finishing the year pretty well. So, yeah, I think, I think like, uh, division, like, how do I explain this? Like, the, the power five and the group of five, I think they're getting a little closer and closer every year as far as talent-wise. I think the biggest difference between them is, like, I mean, at Florida State, you got guys that can run 4-4. We have guys here who can run 4-4, but I think the biggest difference is, like, the size and, like, the linemen. Lyman is a huge thing when it comes to a group of five versus power five, I think. Well, yeah, like I always remember one of my old coaches, he was a power five, excuse me, a group of five guy. And he's like, the only big difference is like you got guys that are just as good, but they're either a little bit smaller with the same speed or they're a little bit bigger and slower. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. And it grades are another thing, too. You got a lot of guys that go to Florida State or they go to other places and they can't focus as well. I mean, it's pretty hard to focus on FAU too, but I feel like yeah. it's kind of a it's kind of a your back's against the wall when you're at FAU. You know, you don't have you're at a power five and you mess up, you know the smaller school's still interested in you. But if you're at a smaller school and you mess up, it's a long journey. It's a long journey to get yeah, back. Yeah, for back sure. Feet. So I feel definitely, like it's definitely a factor definitely. as well. But looking at the uh, conference USA that we were just talking about, you know, Marshall had an outstanding season. They went seven to three. I don't know the name <clears throat> of their quarterback, but he was a, a freshman who balled out this year. Uh, UTSA, yeah, I'm trying like to remember said, his name too. UTSA had Wells. a good year. Yes, and UAB actually had a really good year as well. And I feel like yeah, they did. Speaking on schools that um, speaking on schools that have the same talent as Power Five, UAB is kind of like a mini Alabama dude with all those. They get all those nasty transfers once they got their football program back. They got that multi-million dollar facility and gear. Like they're another team I feel like's on a come up. That that's kind of exciting for you as an FAU player because you know. When you play in CUSA, so many people are like, you play nobody. But then you got teams like UAB and you got teams like Marshall and playing UF. That's a pretty solid schedule, man. I mean, Alabama plays one ranked team a year. Like, you know, that's that's pretty good. Western Kentucky used to be a powerhouse too, but they kind of yeah. fell off the past couple of years. I mean, there's – yeah, there's – every year there's – I mean, there, usually there's a team ranked in Conference USA. 
I don't think FAU has ever been ranked. No, no, which, no we were ranked. Um, we were ranked a couple years ago. Uh, no, they're never twenty seventh. Yeah, oh, never uh, top twenty five. Never. Yeah, we were. I promise you. I'll look it up right now. All right, I'll bet you fifty bucks. Um, <laughs> because I remember I used to be like, "Damn, how are we not ranked?" Every week the rankings would come out. We'd be like twenty sixth, twenty seventh, just because we we're we conference USA. And they wanted to slander us. Exactly. Yeah. So it was. Hopefully this year. I mean, yeah. Well, how are if you guys we, looking? If we come this out year? against Florida, I mean, if we come out against Florida and beat them and take care of business like we should on our schedule, there's no reason why we should be ranked. But yeah, we look, uh, we look good. I mean, we got a lot of returning guys. We're only losing, shoot, how many? I think like two or three starters. I want to say on offense yeah, and defense. That's good. So. Uh, a lot of guys that got chemistry with each other, new offensive coordinator, um, similar scheme, but some some tweaks here and there that'll hopefully help a, a little bit. And then a um, couple transfers came in that'll hopefully help us out, which is good. And then um, as long as we can just keep it rolling and get the offense going, score in the red zone, I think we'll be I think we'll be all right. How about yeah, uh, no. uh, behind Ward being there? Has he been uh, hands on with you guys? Been working with you guys? Yeah, like yeah, that? definitely. He's he's a really good guy, really smart. Um, seems to really know. Uh, obviously, I mean, Pro Bowler. He's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, really knows his stuff, and he's going to be extremely, extremely helpful to us. Hopefully, he sticks around for a little longer than a year. But I'm okay. sure he'll he'll find a bigger gig. But he's going to be really helpful for us. It's awesome, man. Yeah, Heinz Ward came over from uh, the Jets. Shout out my team. Hopefully, uh, you get a couple more Zach wins. Zach Wilson, man. Yeah, Zach he's Wilson. the truth. Golden boy. He is. I call, I call uh, him the Mormon Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, the Mormon Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, talk about new schemes. The Jets, their offensive scheme. I think uh, FAU had more passing yards. Even though we probably ran the ball every single play, uh, yeah, I don't know. We didn't have yeah, too many passing yards last yeah, year. Yeah, that's for We're sure. Probably, probably in the in the same area, but I mean, uh, but the the runs did work. What what was the name of the the other quarterback? Johnson. What's his name? Who uh, on our team? Yeah, oh, I'm blanking on his oh, name. Oh, uh, Javion Posey. Yeah, 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 Posey. Duh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's another quarterback I saw. I think I saw him on Instagram. His name is Michael Johnson. He's yeah, another guy. Yeah. Right? He just yeah, came here from Penn State. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's who I'm thinking of. So you got a crowded quarterback room over there. It's always competition, oh, yeah. right? Always, man. Every year. You gotta compete every year. That's how that's how you find find your guy, find your uh, you gotta make a competitive environment if you wanna win games. So. Now is that but something is that something you like or you don't like knowing that like you know it's like it's it's almost concrete that you're the starter, like everyone knows it, but at the same time, like you said, like Anything can happen. Do you kind of like that edge? You look kind of, yeah, you... I mean, like, how do I explain this? I think you got to prove yourself every year, you know. If I'm a coach, like, if I was the head coach, like, why would I not bring in the best guys I can? Like, if I can find it, if I have a guy that's good, I want to bring in another guy who might be better, like, why would I not do that? So, like, I don't ever want something to be given to me. I don't ever want to give something to somebody. I want to make them earn it. So, I think that's how you kind of – like I said, you you make a competitive environment. That's how you get people around you better. It rubs off on the team. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a, like I'm a big believer in that depth chart uh, competitiveness because I went to a, a really big prestigious football high school my freshman sophomore year at uh, Tampa Jesuit, and I yeah. transferred to a really small two A school my junior year. 
where I went from 300 kids trying out on the football team for Jesuit to 19 kids on an entire roster in my second school. Yeah. So these kids right. would be like half-assing in practice and like joking around. We'd be 0-5 because they knew that they couldn't get their starting job taken from them. There was no competition in the depth chart. There was, we didn't yeah. have enough kids. You know, no, and I really like that's something you really need. And you need older guys to look up to that. You know, when I was at Jesuit, you mostly, you really didn't start to you were a junior. You know, you had years to, to learn the system, stuff like that. They're, these kids didn't learn the system. They're ninth grade going right in the way, you know. So they didn't have habits yeah. to learn. They didn't have someone to follow. And I feel like that's that's really big, especially for you as being the leader. Like, you're kind of the role model for a lot of these guys on offense, especially the younger kids. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I've been around for, I guess, this is this will be my fourth year at FAU. I mean, I've won a championship here. So a lot of people on the team still are on the championship team. Like I said, they know we know how to win games. It's like – we just kind of keep having – have to pass down that culture, you know, to the guys who are coming in, which is tough sometimes depending on what kind of recruits you get and, and who you get and what type of kids you get. But, like, that's that's vital. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why Bama's so good every year is because I mean, they got Saban. He's going he's gonna to preach the same culture every single year when people come in. And yeah. Normally people at Bama are three years and out, but um, yeah. schools like that, I mean, it's like culture is the biggest thing. You know, you have to have a team that is – run by the players, not run by the coaches, you know, like mm -hmm. coach coaches set the standard coaches set the culture, but the players are the ones who kind of keep that culture going. Yeah. They kind of like guide the path, but it's up to you guys to follow it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, the culture is still a big thing, even though you have guys that are three now or, you know, one year transfers or whatever, you know, it's just the mindset aspect of, you know, that's what that's what a lot of big schools have, and that's what a, guy, a lot of guys like. So if we could build that, if, I mean, they're already building that winning culture, you know. You could see For sure. it compared to, you know, we'll talk some crap about FIU. Look at their culture. They've trash bags, you know, bottom of the league. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, give them, <laughs> we'll give them that one win against Miami. But yeah. other yeah, than that, sure. that was you know, a good win. winning that Shula Bowl, you know. Just build yeah, that as long as we can keep – it's the biggest game of the year, as long as we can keep winning that. Now, uh, before we get going, Charlie, my last question for you is uh, going yeah. back to that that culture talk you were saying. Is that yeah. something that you take pride in? Like you want to be able to come back in a couple of years as an alumni and see FAU succeeding and see – because I feel like that's a big thing with our school versus like in Alabama. It's like the alumni, like if we weren't good, they don't really care anymore. They kind of use FAU as a stepping stool. Is that something you want to change? Like you want to cement a culture, like a permanent – you know, you come back and support the team and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I – like I said, I mean, coming here was the best decision I've ever made. I mean, I've made so many, like, friends that I'm going to, you know, be friends with for the rest of my life and whatnot. Um, I want to be able to come back and come to games and stuff, and I want to see the, the, the stadium, you know, sold out at one point, you know, maybe when I'm 35 and come back with my kids or something. Um, it's like, it's the biggest thing is like leaving the place better than you found it. You know, like mm -hmm. nobody's ever going to remember you for how many, you know, touchdowns you threw, how many uh, interceptions you threw, tackles you made, whatever. It's like, they're going to remember you for what kind of teammate you were and what kind of impact you had on the program. So I want to make sure that I set the standard, me and my class and, and, and all the guys that have been around here. So that when we come back, we can see how that standard has grown and how bigger the culture's gotten and all that. So yeah, definitely they'll be able to, to come back to games and whatnot. Hell yeah. Well, I'm excited for you this season, man, uh, as a friend and as a fan, want nothing but appreciate for that. you. 
going to always sure. contact support you. Thank you for coming on today. I hope you yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, Meech, anything you want to say? Oh, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate the time. Good luck. Uh, well. Appreciate let's, it. Let's go spend our Mother's Day with our moms now and stop talking football. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Appreciate Have it, guys. Going, boys. Have, a good Have a good one, guys. Go Owls. Peace out. Club.